Good morning, Redeemed. Are you excited on this morning? I'm super duper excited. I am pumped for this message. I hope you're just as pumped as I am. Um, I know it might, and, and where I'm at, it's a little rainy outside, but I'm still giving God the glory. So wherever you're at, just give God the praise. Give him, just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because God is good. I'm so excited for this morning. Let us start this message. Here we go, y'all. So if we can, turn with me to Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. His father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him and flamed the fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over to see this strange sight. Why did why the bush did not burn up? When Moses, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave driver, and I'm concerned about their suffering. I'm so glad we have a God that's concerned about our suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites, and now that now the cry of the Israelites have reached me. I've seen the way the Egyptians are, are oppressing them. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people the Israelites out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you and you will be the sign to, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I want to address you from the topic this morning. Answer the call. Answer the call. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day, God. You are good, God. You are great. We thank you, God, for bringing us bring us through another week. Lord, we thank God for healing us. We thank God for keeping us, Father God. Right now, God, I ask God that you just give us, give us a word, God, that we can use for this week, God. I pray that we are encouraged, God. I pray that, God, that we stand righteous before you, Father God. I pray, God, that we go for, we go we go deeper into what you have called out for, God. And I pray, God, that after we heard this word, God, we can go out and make real impact and real change in the world that's around us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Answer the call answer the call. I'm so excited to share this message with you today. If you look back at my previous, if you look back at my previous messages, I, I, I've shared, I've shared, I typically walk through, I typically walk through biblical stories. My hope is that we can investigate and find um, where we fit in in these biblical stories. So I talked about the, um, the faith, um, I talked about the faith of the friends. I talked about the woman in the alabaster box. I talked, talked about the um, disciples crossing to the other side. But today I want to talk to you about Moses. I think there's a lot that we can learn about Moses. I think there's, there's, there's so many things we can learn about this guy named Moses. I think for me, um, for the past few weeks, I feel like the Lord has been showing me or he's been leading me and has been showing me that Randall has been telling me, Randall, you need to go deeper. I need to go deeper in my relationship with him. 
I need, I, I'm at this point, but I need to go deeper. There's so much more that God has in store for me. And I feel like that over these past few, that over these past few weeks that God has been leading me to say, hey, Randall, it's time for you to go deeper in what, in what, into what he has called me to, to go in. That's what I, I have been um, faced with over these past few weeks. I've come to realize, I've come to realize that God will reveal to you that he wants to go deeper with you. And you have to make up your mind, I will answer the call. I will answer the call. I know you might do this. I know you might say, I know you might, you might do this. I know you might have said, I, I pay my tithe. I, I, I show up to church on time. I, I, I go to, I go to, um, to Wednesday night Bible study. I show up on time. I, I don't leave early, but I'm there right in where I need to be at. But I, my, what I want to tell you today is that we have to answer the call. I know you might do all that. I know you might be an usher. I know you might do this. But my question to, for you today is how far do you want to go? How deep do you want to go with God? How far do you want to go in your relationship with Jesus Christ? How far do you want to go? My simple question to you today, like I said before, will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? I couldn't allow that, that answering the call means I need to go deep. I need to go deeper. I need, I need to put myself in a deeper space. I have to go deeper with God. Answering the call doesn't mean I just stay at the surface level, but answering the call means I go deeper from where I'm at. It, it means I go deeper to what God, I go deeper to what God is calling me into. I remember when I was younger that um, I actually was, um, my mo- mother put me in swim lessons, right? So how swim lessons you typically go is that you first, you first, um, you, you go to swim lessons, there's two, you have two, um, two lessons out of a week man. but you go for four weeks so one week for week one you're learning very basic things so you're learning how to breathe underwater you're learning how to swim you're learning how to you know to float you learn how to do, to do all these things but by week two you're going you move you, you start out, start out at the three feet at the at the shallow end of the pool and then week two um and some lesson you probably going to the four feet the five feet you know what i'm saying you're doing a little bit more than you're doing the first week by the third week you're probably at the seven feet by this time you know what i'm saying but by the last week of the class come on you should be at the nine feet end of the pool because the whole point of the class was for you to go from three feet to nine feet now I, I don't remember. I don't. I wasn't the best, the strongest swimmer when I was younger. So I probably. I don't know. I can't only. I can imagine how I was acting. But you had to go from three feet to nine feet, right? So, so if if I would have took this class and I would have stayed in the three feet, if I would took this class, and I would, if I would, if I took this class and I finished the class and I stayed in the three feet and I never progressed to the nine feet, you would told you probably would have told me, Randall, you didn't get the fullness out of that class. You didn't get all you could got out of that class because you remained in the three feet. You never went deeper. You made your main in three feet. You still doing the basic stuff. But but what I'm telling you, but I had to, but but you didn't really go farther to where you had to go. How far do you want to go? If you want, do you want to stay in the three feet or do you want to go deeper in the water? And my my what I want to tell you today is this, y'all. What I want to tell you is how many of us as believers have we been in the three feet into the pool? We've been in the shallow end, we've been in the three feet, we've been in the two feet, we just been playing with the water, but I think that come to 
time in our life where we move from the three feet in the pool to we move to the nine feet, in the 10 feet, in the 12 feet. How far do you want to go in your relationship with God? Do you want to stay in the three feet or do you want to move into what the deeper water? Do you want to move into what God is calling to you? I don't know about you, but I do not want to stay in the three feet. I don't want to stay in the kiddie pool. I don't want to stay right where I'm at, but I want to move deeper in my relationship with God. Do you want to go deeper or do you want to stay where you're at? Do you want to go deeper or do you want to stay where you're at? What I learned is also no matter how old you are, no matter how tall you are or how short you are, you can always develop a, develop a deeper relationship with God. You have to stay where you're at, but you can always you can develop a deeper relationship with God. We want to partner with God. We want to be his vessel that God used in the earth to get his will done. If you look at our text today, we'll see that God uses ordinary people to get extraordinary things done. We can see in the verse that God uses Moses. Moses, yes, y'all. So let's go to verse, verse three, right? This is what it reads. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. So let me give you some background on who this guy Moses is. Who is this guy Moses? Some of us know, some of us know who Moses is, but for those who don't know, I'm gonna give you a little backstory on what is going on. So Moses was born a Hebrew Israelite, right? He was born in a jurisdiction where Pharaoh was the leader of the jurisdiction, right? During the time when Moses was born, Pharaoh issued a decree that said that he wanted to execute all male Hebrew babies. So Moses is a male Hebrew baby at this time. So his mother catches his mother catches word of what of what's about to happen. His mother then begins wants to save Moses' life. He, his mother Moses' mother at when Moses a baby, Moses' mother puts Moses in a basket and floats him down the Nile River. That he's floating down the Nile River, floating down the Nile River. As he's floating down the Nile River, he's Pharaoh, which is the leader of the jurisdiction. Daughter sees the basket. She sees the basket in the water, and she opens the basket, and there is Moses. Pharaoh's daughter sees Moses right there and raises Moses as her son, as her own. So, Mary, so what we have here, Moses is a Hebrew Israelite and is raised in, in this Egyptian culture. But he still retains his Hebrew identity, right? So as Moses gets older, he sees something that he doesn't like. One day as he got older, he sees that a, he, he sees that Egyptian is beating this, he, this Hebrew slave. Moses doesn't like what he sees. So you know what Moses does? Moses takes Takes um Moses takes a matter matter into his own hands and he seeks revenge after the person that beat up this Hebrew. So now Pharaoh is mad. Y'all know the Bible is y'all y'all heard the Bible. Now Pharaoh is mad is mad and doesn't like it doesn't like what he hears. So Moses is now fleeing. He has to he has to legit run run from he has to legit run from Egypt. He's fleeing from Egypt. He's gone. He got to go. He has to flee. He's gone. He Moses has to. Do, 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 do. Moses has to leave Egypt because now Pharaoh is looking for him. Now we see, now years have passed, years on years on years have passed, and now we're here at verse number two. Now we're here at verse number two, y'all. I walk out through all of that to get us to verse number two. Here, here it reads right here. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him and flamed the fire from within the bush. Moses thought that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why the bush did not why the bush did not burn up. So when I investigated this passage, when I investigated this verse, 
what I what did I see? I'll tell you. One, this brings to my this brings to my first point this morning. So just go ahead, get your notepad out and write it down. First point is this: the Lord will get your attention. The Lord will get your attention. We clearly see in this passage that the Lord is getting the attention of Moses through this burning bush. The Lord is offering Moses an invitation, an invitation through with the burning bush. We see that God will partner with ordinary people, like I said before, to get extraordinary things done. We see that God will make the first step. I know you might be a little nervous. I know you might be a little, it's hard for you to make the first step. But I got good news for you this morning. God will make the first step. God will make the first step towards you. But my question to you is, will you accept the invitation? God is stepping towards you, but will you accept, accept the invitation that God is giving you? So let's take a step back to just, let's take a step back to see what's going on here. Not, now you have to realize, like I said before, Moses is on the run from Egypt. They're trying to destroy Moses. Pharaoh is trying to kill Moses. But although they're trying to kill and destroy Moses, they could not destroy the call of God out on Moses' life. And I don't know what faithful person I'm talking to this morning that feels like the enemy is trying to, is trying to um, knock you out, feels like the enemy is trying to destroy you, feels like the enemy is trying to take you out. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want to, I'm here to tell you the enemy cannot destroy the destiny and the calling, calling of a true child of God. I said the enemy cannot destroy the destiny and the calling of a true child of God. So you thought that you can mess up. You thought that the enemy was coming after you and he's going to destroy you. I'm here to tell today believers that that the enemy cannot destroy the true that the destiny and the destiny and the calling of a true believer i don't know who that was for but the enemy will not destroy the destiny and the calling of a true believer now we know so we pick up at this verse right what do we know about Moses right now we know that moses is, a, is married moses has a child and we know that moses is leading a flock leading this this flock right this flock of sheep and boom, what happens? Boom, he sees a burning bush. So he leaves this flock, this flock, and boom, he sees the burning bush. So he's like, okay, Randall, that's that's pretty neat. But what is what is so what is so unique and cool about this? What is so unique and cool about this? What's so cool about the invitation? What do we see about the invitation that is so cool? I'll tell you. What do we see about the invitation? We see that the invitation is personal. And we see that the invitation is unique. Why, why, why do I say that? The invitation is personal and the invitation is unique. Because it's a burning bush, y'all. This, this, this is not just some general invitation. I don't know if you've been to a wedding or you've been to a birthday party. You know, you go to the birthday party, you go to the wedding, and then they send you like this generic thank you card. They send you like, thank you for coming. Close. Thank you. Thank you so much for all your support. You got that car. Your mama got that car. Your cousin got that car. Everybody got the same car. You know, it's nothing special about the car because the car, a lot of times nothing special about the car because the car is the same car from you to you to you to you because it's legit the same car. It's, not, it's just generic. But we see that God gives Moses a personal invitation. Now, have you ever received a personal invitation? One that's my, you know, they ran cursive. They, 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 they said, um, they like say like so nice, so many nice things about you. They like describe who you were. They might 
could put a little gift card in there. I like gift cards, y'all. You know they put a little gift card in there. But the invitation is personal. It makes you feel good. He said, oh, you took some time with this. Oh, this one just something that you just wrote, you just, you just bought from the store. This something that you actually wrote up. You put some time into this invitation. This is not no generic invitation. This is not no general invitation. But this is a personal invitation that is for me. A personal invitation that is for me. And that's the invitation that we see that Moses gets. Moses gets a personal invitation, not something generic, not something just general, but he gets a personal invitation from God. Now, I want you to examine your life. And I want you to think about the personal invitation that God is giving you or has given you. What invitation has God given you? As believers, as, as Christians, we have to know that God will give the invitation to go deeper. An invitation to go deeper with him, to see to see new to see revelation, to see um, deeper depths. That is the invitation that God will give us. So I looked up what an invitation is in a dictionary. An invitation is a request to get another person to join you at a specific event. It is important that as we live here on earth, we don't miss the invitation that God is giving us. God always makes the first step in going deeper. But we have to be willing as believers to say, Lord, I will accept the invitation. Lord, I will accept the invitation. So, Randall, you're saying, Randall, that sounds good. You are, that sounds amazing. I'm glad that the Lord would get my attention. But how does God get my attention? How does God get my, God get my attention? Now, I don't know if you asked that, but I'm, I'm going to say glad, I'm so glad you asked. God gets our attention in, in many of ways. I think if we, if we can look at the pandemic, God has gotten our attention. If we look at what's going on in the world, if we look at what's going on when I, when I step outside my house, if we look at what's going on, on in the news, if we look at what's going on in the climate change, if we look at what's going on around this earth, around what we, around our communities, around what's going on in this earth today, we can, I think we can say that God is getting our attention. God can, God can get your attention to struggles. God can get your, get your attention to problems. God can get your attention to, to things you go through. God can get your attention to, attention to circumstances. God can get your attention. God can get your attention through your money. Has your money ever been funny and God got your attention? I don't know if I got no, any witnesses on, witness on the other side of the phone. Don't click off right now. I don't know if I got any witnesses, but has God ever gotten your attention through your money? Uh, you don't got to raise your hand. I, I'm sorry if I, if I stepped on a sore spot, but you don't got to raise your hand. But I have God. I know I've been there before. And God, God will get your attention even through your circumstance. But I think what we have to, what we have to realize is when God is getting our attention, we have to make up in our mind. Okay, Lord, you're getting my attention, right? If you're getting my attention, what is it? What is it that I need to do in this current season? Lord, I see you're getting my attention to this. What is it that you that you have for me? When God's getting our attention, we have to ask, like I said before, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? You must make up, we as believers must make up our mind that Lord, I want to go deeper with you. I see that you're getting my attention to this. Lord, I'm trying to go deeper. Lord, I see you trying to get my attention to this circumstance. Lord, I'm trying to go deeper. Lord, I, I see that you're getting my attention through these things that are happening around me. Lord, I am willing. Lord, I'm ready to go deeper and deeper in depth. I know it's not, it's not here to hurt me, but Lord, if it means I get a closer relationship with you, I am ready and I am available for you. The Lord will get your attention. Ask yourself, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Once the invitation comes to you, you have to be ready to accept the invitation. Somebody said, I got to be ready to accept the Lord's invitation. I got to be ready to accept 
what the Lord is telling you to do. My question to you today is, will you accept the invitation from God? So far, we learned that Moses, God, we thought so far, we learned that God gets the attention of Moses, right? God gives the attention of Moses and he gives and God gives him an invitation through the brain bush. What happens next? Let's move to verse four. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. What I love about this verse, can I pause right here? What I love about the verse is that God calls Moses by his name. He, he, look, look at the verse there. When, God, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. He doesn't call him loser. He doesn't call him a runaway. He doesn't call him a stranger. But he said, Moses, Moses. He know, the Lord knew, knew Moses by his name. Oh, I love how God knows me by my name. That shows that he knows me. He knows about me. He understands what's going on in my life. He understands the, understand the circumstance. He understands the trials. He understands the suffering. The Lord knew Moses' name. And I want to encourage my believers, whoever felt like they felt alone, whoever felt insignificant, whoever felt depressed, whoever felt like they're facing isolation, I want to tell you today that God knows you by name. I don't know who you are that felt like you, you, you're cast out. I don't know who, what believer you are that felt like you, you felt depressed. I don't know what believer you are that felt like in this pandemic season that you that you was tired. You can, you you about to let go. But I'm here to tell you on today that God knows you by name. God loves you. God God hears you and God's concerned about you. I don't know who this is for, but I'm here to tell you that God knows you by name. Thank you, Jesus, because you know me by name. My question to you is, when God calls you by your name, what will your response be? What will your response be? So we see in verse four, it says, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to the look, over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your candle. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Bring me to my second point this morning. Second point. Write this down, y'all. Make yourself available for, for what God desires to do through you. Make yourself available for, for what God desires to do through you. We see that in this passage, we see that, that Moses made himself available for God. He made himself available for, 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 what, for God. He made himself available for God. And I know this morning I'm not talking about owning 12 cars and, 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 and three Bentleys. I know I'm not talking today, I'm not talking about owning 15 houses and, and, and 12 and 12 camels. I know I'm not talking about owning a Rolex and, and a Rolly and, and having the bling bling around your neck. I know I'm not talking about that today. But what I am talking about today is making yourself available for God. I'm talking, I'm not talking about having $3 billion just to sit around with. I'm talking about making yourself available for God. 
God wants to use us in this mission. We have to say, we, I want to make myself available for him. And, I, and, I, and I, if we had to pull the tape back, if we had to look at our past, we would see that God made himself available for us on the cross. We would see that we didn't have no money that God provided for us. We would see when, when we were down and out, God, God, God kept us. We would see when we couldn't keep ourselves, God loved us. We would see if we, if we just roll, roll, uh, roll back the tape, we would see what God has delivered us from. We would see what God has made us has made what helped us with. We'll see that God made made Himself available for us. So we must make it our mind. We have to make ourselves available for Him. If I had to roll back the thing, I remember the time when this happened and that and this happened and God came in. I remember when that happened and God came in. We have to make ourselves available for what God wants to do through us because He has already made Himself available to you. Make yourself available for God. I might not have the money, but I make myself available. I might not have no shoes, but I make myself available. I might not have this, but I make myself available. It doesn't matter. I might not have no steps. I might not have no socks, but I'm making myself available for God's will so that he can use me, so that his will can be done in this earth. I want to ask, I want you to ask your neighbor. I don't know where you're sitting at. I don't know if you're in your kitchen, if you're in your bed, if you're in your living room, but what I want to tell you today, ask your neighbor, will you make yourself available for what God wants to do through you. Make yourself available. So Randall, what does it mean to make myself available? What, what, what are you saying right now? What does it mean to make yourself available? Being available means every day I wake up with, with the attitude, Lord, what is it that you want to do through me today? Lord, do you want me to buy this lady some food? Lord, do you want me to bless this person? Lord, do you want me to pray for this person? Lord, do you want me to open my do you Lord, do you want me to open my family to this? Do you want me to open, Lord, do you want me to open my home to this family? Lord, do you want me to give away one of my cars? I know, right? That's extreme, ain't it? Lord, do you want to give? Do you want to want me to give a thousand dollars away to a person? That is what it means. I know some of you things sound very extreme. You're like, what? A thousand dollars? What? A whole car? What? A, well, all this? Yes, that's what it means to make yourself available for God. God, all I have is yours. All, all, all this I have is yours. I'm making myself available for God, and you can use me however way you see fit, Lord. You can use me to drive my car down and pick up folks um that are unsaved and eat with them and get them saved, Lord. You can use me, God, for the the witness on the side of the street. You can use me, God, to, to drive people around. You can use me, God, to feed people. You can use me, God, to, to take care of the sick. Whatever uh, whatever you need from me, Lord, whatever you want from me, Lord, I am willing and I am available. How many people on the other side are willing and available for the call of God that on their lives? We are not blessed to hold our blessing, but we are blessed to be a blessing. Our goal is not materialistic things. Our goal is to serve God. If, if, and if serving God, God means I have to give things away, then I'm ready and I'm available. I'm ready for what God, I'm ready, I'm ready for what God has called me to. I'm not chasing after the car or the money. I, the Bible tells, tells me I need to seek, seek the kingdom first. That is what I am seeking. I'm seeking the kingdom, not cars, the kingdom, not Facebook, the kingdom, not Instagram, the kingdom, not money, the kingdom, not jobs, but I'm seeking the kingdom first because I want to make myself available to what God wants to do through me. I've come to realize that being available is not always comfortable, but I'm not in it to be comfortable all the time. I'm in it to make myself available for God because God, I know that you already made yourself available for me. Being available means I'm faithful. Being available means I'm teachable. Being available means I'm humble. 
Being available means I'm willing. I'm humble. I can submit. I'm teachable. I know I don't understand everything. I'm available to your to your own to you, Lord. I'm humble. I'll come low. I'm faithful, Lord. I see what you told me, what you told me to do. I see what you what you what you're asking me. I need to do those things. Making myself, I make myself available for you. And Lord, I'm willing. I know I don't get up right all the time. I know I'm not perfect, but Lord, I'm willing. I'm able to, to be a vessel for that you. If you want me to be, if you want, if I, I'm willing, able to be a vessel for you. For you. It doesn't take. What well, I found out, yeah, out is this. It doesn't take great skill or talent to serve God. It just takes someone that's available and and willing to serve. Verse five says this, y'all. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses is now standing on holy ground. Moses had to humble himself. Moses, had to rip, Moses knew, knew that he's standing in front. He's in, he's in front of the creator right now. Moses knew that, that God's presence is here right now. So he had to come low. The creator is here right now. The one that can change my situation is here right now. The one that is holy is here right now. The one, the God, the keeper, the deliverer, the creator of, of, of the whole earth is here right now. And I have to humble myself in the presence of God because God, you are good. God, you are great. God, you are holy. Moses had to take his sandals off in front of the, and, and, and had to take his sandals off. And we had to come, when we come to God, we had to humble ourselves. We had to submit to his will. We had to submit to his way. Because God, you are holy. God, you are good. God, you know the best plan for my life. And God, I will follow you. I'm taking off my sandals. I'm taking off whatever. I'm taking off, I'm taking off whatever you need me to do. I'm doing what you were asking me to do, God. I want to submit. I want to be, I want to be respectful. I want to be, I want to submit in your presence. Presence, God, because I know God, you can lead me. You can guide me. Humble yourself in God's presence. Humble yourself in God's presence. Verse seven says this, y'all. The Lord said, "I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned. Aren't you glad that we have a God as concerned about us?" He said, "I'm concerned about their suffering. He's concerned about their suffering." Thank you, Jesus. I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to good and spacious land, a land formed with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Havites, and the Jebusites. And now the pride of the Israelites have reached me. And now the pride of the Israelites have reached me. And I've seen the way the Egyptians are, are pressing them. So now go. Thank you, Lord. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. The Lord is sending Moses. He said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. God chooses to use Moses. God used to work together with man to get his will done. How good is that? That is awesome. He didn't have to choose Moses, Moses, but he did choose Moses. Verse 11 says this, y'all. But Moses, Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? God responds with this, y'all. Verse 12. And God said, I'll be with you. Moses said, who am I? God said, I'll be with you. And I don't know what, what you're saying today. Who am I that I should go and do this? Who am I that I should go and do that? But God, we, look, we see in the verse that God told Moses, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it's I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I love how in verse 12 that God tells Moses, I will be with you. 
I know the mission is big. I know it looks I know it looks tough. I know it looks gigantic. I know it looks kind of complicated. I know what's in front of you looks huge. I know what's in front of you looks big. I know the mission I called you looks huge. I know it looks ginormous. I know it, I know you see all these things that are going on. I know it looks so how, how, Lord, how? Who am I that I should do this? And the Lord said to Moses, I'll be with you. Don't worry about it. And God said, he'll be with us. Don't worry about it. God will be with us. Don't, I know it looks big, but God will be with us. I know the mission looks big, but you don't you have to do it on your own. God will be with you every step of the way. And somebody's saying, the mission looks so hard. How, are they, how, are you, how am I going to do it by myself? You don't have to do it by yourself because God sees you and God knows you. So what we see in this verse, God begins to tell Moses what he sees. He understands the suffering. He understands what they are going through. He sees the turmoil. He sees the affliction. And he sees and he understands. And God decides decide to use Moses to complete the mission. There's some broken things and broken things out here. And God decides to use Moses. Not that Moses had it all together, not that Moses was this, that, and the other, but not Moses was this, not Moses was, was oh, oh yeah, Moses, Moses. But God does. God decided to use Moses. He chose Moses. Not that you're, per not that we're perfect. Not that we get all together all the time. Not that we have a perfect record. Not that we have all this stuff going on. Not that you do this. Not that you do that. But God still decides to choose us in spite of, in spite of, in spite of what you did. God can still choose you. God can still use you for His glory. God can still use you to get His mission done in the earth. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning on, on this morning, but God can still use you. God can still use you. There are broken things in using Moses. You have to understand this is a big task that's about to happen. This is a huge task to rescue, to get these Egyptians, I mean to get these Israelites out to, to go rescue, to rescue the Israelites um, the is a huge task. But guess what? He still chose Moses. Like I said previously in my message, I'm so glad that we have a God that uses ordinary people to get extraordinary things done. Uh, extraordinary things done. Moses have, have been gone from Egypt for years at this point. And now it's time to make a trip back to the place he ran from. I'm here to tell you that there is some darkness in this world. If we look on the news, we can see darkness. If we look and we go outside, we can see darkness. If we look, go in Walmart, we can see the brokenness. We can see what's going on in this world. We can see the darkness in this world. We can see the things that are in this world. Which brings me to my third point and my final point this morning. Three, do the mission. My final point for the morning, do the mission. Do the mission. This is my third point. There are some broken things that we see in this world. In this verse, we see that, Mo that God is calling Moses to admission. He called Moses to do something. He's calling, calling Moses to go out and do this mission. The mission is, let, let, if we go read, if we read back up at, at the top, he said, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. That is the mission that Moses has, to go and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. There's some darkness in Egypt. There's some things that are going, that are messing, that are going not, not looking right in Egypt. There's some things that aren't, that, um, the people are getting oppressed in Egypt. People are probably tired of being oppressed. They're probably tired of all these things that are happening to them. They're probably tired of being slaves. They're probably tired of all these, all these afflictions that are going on. And God can, God is concerned about their suffering and he sees them. And Moses is the person that, person that God uses to bring them out of Egypt. 
Now, Randall, you say do the mission. How did that relate to me and you? How did that relate to me and you? Well, I'll tell you. We also have been called to a mission. As believers in Jesus Christ, we have been called to a mission. There are some, there are some things that God is calling us to. There are some areas that there are areas that God is calling us to, and we have to be ready to say, Lord, I'm ready for the mission. There's some darkness in the world. There's some people that are afflicted in the world. There are people people that are suffering in the world. And we, as believers, are called to go out. And we are called to to do the mission, to do what God has sent us to do. The mission includes being generous. The mission includes forgiveness. The mission includes being kind. The mission includes spreading the gospel, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Randall, okay. You say there's a mission. Yes, there is a mission that we as believers have to do, have to start going. And God, and I feel like and many of us, God, God is calling us to go deeper. God is calling us to go to go deeper and, and deeper depths in our relationship with God. He's calling us to, He's calling us to the mission. Serena, what is the mission? Well, the mission we have, I have a few points here. The mission is to glorify God. If we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, it says this. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. So we have one. Our mission here on earth as believers is to glorify God. Are you glorifying God? Step two. Our mission is, it is I'm, 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 I'm either straight from, the, straight from the book, straight from the Bible. I'm reading these. Proclaim the gospel is a part of the mission. Chapter uh, Mark chapter 15, verse 15, he says this. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel into, to the whole creation. That's part of the mission. What's other part of the mission, Randall? Being generous is part of the mission. First, chapter, uh, first John chapter 3, verse 17 says this. If someone has enough money to live well and see the brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can, how can God's love be in that person? Woo! That hurts. If someone has enough money to live well and see their brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in them? Be generous, part of the mission. Showing love is a part of the mission. Chapter John 13, 34 says this: A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have just as I have loved you. You also are to love one. That's a part of the mission. A new commandment, uh, being kind is a part of the mission. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. That's a part of the mission. Being kind, showing love, being generous, proclaiming the gospel, glorifying God is a part of the mission that we have. And this, to sum it up, Matthew chapter 25, verse 34, in my conclusion. It said it reads like this. The king say the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous answered to him, saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when do we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, 
you did it, it, you did it to me. We see right here. Give me to the um helping the sick, giving clothes, helping people, um, visiting people in prison, giving people who are thirsty, giving them drinks, something to drink. We see people who are hungry, giving them something to eat. This is a part of the mission to help people, to make an impact, to be a light in the world, to be a light on this earth. This is a part of the mission. I know I'm not talking about owning three billion cars right now. I know I'm not talking about owning five houses right now, but what I am talking about is the mission. I am talking about helping somebody else out. I am talking about giving. I am talking about helping somebody who you see in the street. I am talking about spreading the gospel to somebody who, who, who's in a dark place right now. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about the mission. God, I, God is calling us to the mission. He is calling us to, to do, to get from the three feet to, 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 to deeper depth, to deeper depth in him. Because we have to be dedicated. We have to be ready for the mission. Are we giving to the sick? Are we, help, are we helping people that are in prison? Are we doing these things? Are we proclaiming the gospel on, a, on the consent? Consistent basis. When is the last time that you went to the grocery store and you proclaimed the gospel? When is the last time you went to the, to the library and you, you, you proclaimed the gospel? When is the last time you went to Walmart with your mask on and you just put the mask down? For, you, you just proclaimed the gospel because that is what we are here to do. We are here to do the mission. We are here to do the mission. Let's not get it twisted. And I know we might say, well, Randall, I, I come to church every Wednesday and I, and I go to church every Tuesday. And, I, and, I, and, I, and you might be saying, I go to church every Sunday. And, but yeah, that, those are all good things. But once you leave church, you, you are called to a mission. You are called to go out. You are called to glorify God. You are called to be the salt. You are called to be the salt of the earth. You are called to be a light. We must make an impact. What are you doing? What are you doing on the mission field? Are we just staying in our houses? How are we using Instagram? How are we using Facebook? Are we using those, those platforms to spread the gospel? Let's stick to the mission. Let's stick to the mission. Let's stick to the mission. If we had to do an assessment today, then do your own personal assessment. How, what is your assessment on today? If you had to look at your life and you had to put your life on this scale, what would, what would your scale be on a part of doing a mission? Would you be a 10, all, all thumbs up of, of, of doing this mission that God called us to? Or would you be a three or a two or a one or a zero? We have to stick to the mission. Look, examine your life and say, hey, have I really been doing this mission? Like, I've been going to church on Sunday. I've been, I've been tuning in. I've been listening to gospel music. I've been doing good, good, great things, but I still haven't did the mission. I still haven't did the mission. And I want to tell you today that you have to get in your word, that God will call us deeper. And we have to we have to learn how to live out this mission that God is calling us to. We have to learn to be the salt. We have to learn to be the light. And I want, I know, I know, because this is a comfort for me, because I was like, man, I'm missing, I really need to start doing this mission. Because for me, I feel like I wasn't even, I'm not, I'm not on the number 10 scale right now. And I there's more work that I need to do for this mission. I need to go out and be bold. And yes, it's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm gonna give you, it's uncomfortable going to my random and telling my hey, yeah, it's it's uncomfortable. But that does not. But we are still called to a mission, whether you're comfortable or not comfortable, whether they, they whether they agree with the gospel or they walk away. We are still called to proclaim the gospel and to carry out the mission. We have to answer the call. We have to answer the call. We can't get stuck. We can't get stagnant. But we have to answer the call. When the call is ringing, we have the answer. We can't get stagnant. 
but we have the answer. Hold on. Y'all hear that? There's a phone ringing in the background. Somebody is calling. And many times when we are in positions, when we're in spaces, we, we hear the phone calling, but we're doing our own, sometimes we're doing our own thing. We're, we're doing this, we're doing that. We're in the bed sleeping, but the phone is ringing. The, the call is coming through. And a lot of times we get distracted with people, we get distracted by the news, and we fail to answer the call. But I'm here to tell you, do you hear the, do you hear the phone ringing? Somebody is calling. Can somebody, can you answer the call? I don't know what, who you are on here. They keep on calling. Have you ever looked at my, you like, man, why they keep on calling? What is going on? They keep on calling because you have to answer the call. You have to get in your mind, I'm ready to answer the call. I keep talking. Have you ever looked at, have you ever looked at your screen and said, answer, answer the call, answer the call. And what I'm trying to hear, what I'm here to tell you that when the call is ringing, you have to pick up the phone and say, hello, hello, I'm available. When God is calling, you have to pick up the phone. You have to pick it up and say, Lord, I'm available for the call. What is that you want me to do? Do you want me to pray for this lady? Do you want me to witness for this person? Do you, do you, want, do you, want, me, you want me to pray for them? Do you want me to give them clothes? Do you want to give me to give them money? Lord, what is the mission that you have called for me? I'm ready to answer the call. Somebody, you, somebody, you need to pick up the phone and answer the call. What is the Lord you want me to do? What is it that you want me to say? I'm ready to answer the call. I'm willing. I'm available. Lord, I know you gave me, the, I know you gave me the invitation, Lord. Now I make myself available for you, Lord. Now what is the mission that you have called me to do? Come on, somebody. I don't know where you're at on today, but I want to challenge you on this week to answer the call. Do the mission. Whatever you're at, wherever place you're at, wherever, wherever location you're at, I need you to come on and do the mission that God has called for us. What we learned today is this, that the Lord will first, the Lord will get your attention. Two, now that the Lord got our attention, we can now accept the invitation and make ourselves available for what God wants to do through us. Three, what do we do? We do the mission. We go out and we're doing the mission. We're going out and we and we visiting we visiting people in prison. We going out and we helping people. We we who are the homeless, we give them the money, we give them food, we're helping out we are supposed to be the light of we will be the light of the world. Not a city on the hill. We're not gonna put our light under under the cabinet. We're not gonna put our light under uh, under the, the shelf. No, we put our light on the top of the shelf. And we shine and make an impact. We are trying to go deeper in what God has called for us. And in order to go deeper into what God, God has called for us, we have to understand to answer the call and do the mission. I don't know who today who, who I don't know anybody today. So my challenge for you today this week is find, I want you to read that verse I just, I, the, my last verse I just read. And I want you to proclaim the gospel this week. I want you to witness to somebody this week if you can. Um, if on, either on Instagram, either on in Walmart, in the library. I don't know where at, but please, please, please. Elite, I need to live a witness to at least one person this week. Tell us about the gospel. Tell us about how Jesus lived, he died, and he rose from them. This, this is a part of our mission. So I want you to do this this week. I want you to ask also this week to ask God, Lord, if you, you're getting my, if Lord, if you're getting my attention. What is it in this season that you want me to do? What is the mission that you want me to go? Lord, I know you're calling me to, to something. I don't want to just stay in, in the shallow end, but I'm ready to move into deeper depth with you. Lord, what are you calling me to? 
I want to be more generous. I want to be more kind. I want to be more loving. I'm Lord, I know you're calling me to the mission. I want to proclaim the gospel in, in Walmart. I want to proclaim the gospel down the street. Uh, whatever you have for me, God, please, Lord, lead me to do the mission. I don't know anybody on the phone who, who, who's not saved. I don't know anybody on the other end who's not saved today or who, 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 um, who doesn't know Jesus. But I want to tell you today that Jesus lived, he died, and he rose for you. He rose them so that your sins can be can be blotted out. He 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 took he took your space. He took your spot, and he said, and he and Jesus went to the cross for you and me. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like you have no direction, you're feeling like you don't know where to go. I want to ask you today to give your life to Jesus. He loves you. He adores you. He died for you. He we we want to we want to invite you to be a part of the family. God is able. God is good. And your life is so much better when Jesus is in it. Thank you, y'all. And remember this week, do the mission, answer the call.